0: Praise God. You know, when nothing could happen to make you happier, just nothing, you just go, what could happen to make me happier? And you can't put your finger on it. You're in a good place. Are you all in a good place? We are. We're in a good place. You're like, well, if this was better, if that was paid off, well, you wouldn't be happier. I can tell you, you're not living under the bridge and you're not living in Bangladesh and, uh, and people are still got troubles, you know, they're like, well, my Cadillac won't start. I'm mad. Well, you know, it goes downhill from there. When you're walking two miles to get water, uh, you're having a great, you're not, if you're not walking, you're having a great day. So we want to welcome you to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama this evening. Praise God. We're ministering the word on, is you ready, ready? So I'm asking you, is you ready, ready? And I want to lift up the Lord Jesus who makes us ready. Uh, He's uh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if He's ever made anybody ready, He's helping us be ready. Amen. So turn in your Bible, if you would, with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 16. And let's look at this from a different angle tonight. You know, every time I've ever said, I think I'm through, I go home and the Lord drops something down in. Isn't that the way it is with you? Praise God. It's just uh, never over. The word just goes on and on. That's why I like scripture songs is because uh you'll get a melody in your heart. You'll get a tune that'll rise up. So many songs that churches sing, you you can't remember it as soon as the screen goes black. You can't remember the the last verse. And I I just am again it. I like songs that you can go down the road and you can rehearse them and they'll speak to you. Praise God. Um, it says in chapter 16, let's look in verse 10. This is a... This is a, boy, the Lord is laying down the law here. He says in verse 10, he that is faithful. And the word there is the same as in Matthew 25, the word pistos, which can mean easily persuaded to believe. He that is faithful in that which is least. So there's different things that you could be faithful over. There's least things and there's great things. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. So you don't have to have a resume. You don't have to have a long time period. If you'll find somebody to work for you or work with that's faithful in the little, you look in their track record and say, wow, they're faithful over that. It's just a little, but I don't know how they do in this. Jesus said you do. Amen. So how do we get counted faithful? Just be faithful in the little things. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to take the pencils home from work and I'm going to go home 15 minutes early every day. Well, you know, you're, 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 it's not going to be executive position for you. So he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least. Okay, there's a big lesson right here. If anybody will lie to you at all, they'll steal everything you got. That's what the Word says. Is, is unjust also in much. Therefore, ye have... Ye have not been faithful, therefore ye, if there, excuse me, there's an if there. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, worldly goods, riches, who will commit to your trust the two riches? Well, now that's just as powerful as it gets right there. You go, Lord, (laughs) you mean what you're going to do for me, how you're going to bless me, how you're going to put things in my life is based on little stuff? Well, we'll just, uh, what Fox News says? We report and you judge or you decide. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, so say stewardship. Oh, that's what that is. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Seems a little picky here. Seems a little narrow here, but that's the kingdom. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one And love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Listen, let's listen to this in the new living. It's a little different. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, wow. Well, it wasn't much, Lord. I just, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? This is stark. This is, this is on the road. This is like we all have an accountability when we hear the Lord say these things. We all are saying, well, I didn't cheat and I didn't steal and I didn't, uh, you know, all that stuff that we, everybody says. He says, but it's the little things. You know, why aren't we getting further along? It's because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So how do we then, based on these verses, how do we get ready for promotion and increase? How do we get ready for big life events like, Lord, I'm waiting for you to pour it out, and I'm, I'm ready to, to go on with you. And you go, what's happening, Lord? It's been 15 years, and everything just seems to slip around me, and everything seems to go over to, to, to Joe or, or Jack or whatever. Well, he said, be faithful in little things, he said, be honest in little things. He said, be trustworthy over your natural finances. And he said, be as responsible for somebody else's stuff as you would be for your own. He said, nothing will be withheld from you. I don't know about y'all, but that's a big hammer for, to, to, to hear that. So I want to talk about that tonight. Is you ready, ready. It's like, Lord, I'm ready. Well, maybe we're not as ready as we think. Maybe there's a few l- little cobwebs in our closet. And we need to go and clean them out. You know, the big room is all shiny, but how about our closets? And how about the the, the shelves and stuff? Uh, we might need to go back because we, who to whom much is given, much is required. And if you want much to be given, you got to be trustworthy over what you got. So Joseph, y'all remember Joseph? The man had a dream and he was castigated for his dream. He told his brothers, then he told his parents, and they, they hated him, the word says. He told him another's dream, and they, uh, they uh, sold him into... well, they put him in a pit, and then they sold him to slaves. And the slaves sold him to Potiphar, which was in the king's uh, realm. And uh, they, they were so glad. They were through with him. They'd just done a little thing, and nobody knew about it. But guess what? It all came back. But what about Joseph. Well, he was falsely accused in Potiphar's house, as you know the story. And uh, the word, I read it today, the word said she came at him many times in many ways, over and over. And finally, she grabbed a piece of his garment, and uh, the servants came in, and she said, look what this man that my Lord, my husband has brought in. So he was falsely accused on many hands, and he could have got bitter. You all know that we get bitter sometimes. We get... We get cranky is what we'll say uh, when, when we're mistreated and we, we didn't deserve it. And it's always because we didn't deserve it that we think uh, that it's unjust. But he was falsely accused, and, but he remained an honest steward. The word says that nothing in Potiphar's house that he knew of his own, everything was under Joseph's control. He didn't even know what he had or where it was. But they committed him to prison because of his wife's testimony, and the word doesn't say it, but it's implied or inferred that he was there from 15 to 20 years. Now, y'all think about where you were 15 years ago and how much water has gone under that bridge, and you go, that is a long time, but he didn't get bitter. He got better. The word says that uh, when he moved in there, his stewardship began to take over, and the the prison keeper or the gar- jailer or whatever turned everything, every single person over to him and instead of just saying, I am lowly and I've cast down, he said, I am interning for leadership. Now, I don't guess he said that, but I guess he was acting like uh, this is a lesson. I'm going to take what God, the devil has given me for bad and God's going to turn it for good and uh, then we know the story. He went from the pit or the prison to the palace in one day. It was a suddenly the door opened and he was swept into his rightful position. Justice was done. And I'm here to tell you tonight, the word is true. You know, in heaven, it's going to be fair. There won't be anybody. You did this and you didn't do that. It'll be fair in heaven. And it's going to be fair here. If we hold ourselves to the word, we can have days of heaven on earth. If we'll live by this, it'll be fair. And people accuse God, not not overtly, but uh, subvertly, they accuse Him of, how come you're leaving me out? But it could be that in Luke chapter 16 that we haven't been faithful over the little things. But we just say, well, that's no big deal. I'm I'm dotting the I's and and crossing the T's and the big things. What difference does that make? Little white lies and little cheatings on our income tax and little, you know, I'm not going to list it. I'm just saying maybe, maybe, maybe. We'd have to look at that. In Matthew 25, 21, the, uh, the Lord Jesus said, that has been faithful over a few things. Listen, I will make thee ruler, master, steward over much or many things. Now that scripture is true. It was true before it was written. It was true for Joseph. It just like, well, it wasn't in the Bible. It's a truth. The Bible just records and lays down the truths, but they're already true. They don't become true just because someone wrote them down. And Joseph wor- worked off of those principles. He worked off the little things. He worked. He was careful. He never, he never took up and said, I could smooch Potterford's wife one time and nobody would know. And I might get an extra helping of dessert on a Saturday night or something. You know, no telling what went through his mind as far as the devil. But he, the word says he, he resisted and he was faithful over little and indeed. He was master, ruler, and steward over much. Well, no different for him than for you and me. So if we're looking at our life and saying, what is the hold holdup? What is this delay? Many times it is timing. It's just the, the things are moving together, and you, gotta, you, gotta, you don't want to go on into the play to the drama before your line. You don't want to step up and say something when it's not time, and sometimes the Lord holds us back until it's our time. I believe he starts early enough so that when you get ready... By the time you get ready, it's just right. You all know what I mean? <laughs> some, some people take longer. So he just starts them earlier so he can work stuff out. Amen. So the word is true before it was written, but it's certainly true now because it is written. And so these things apply to us. Another place that I saw where uh, uh, the Lord Jesus, well, I want to go back and say this. Joseph's ready was ready. He stayed on and he never came off. Now I wish I could say that about me. I wish I could say that I never came off. I stayed true. I kept my mouth. I I tempered my heart. But I've been a little fiery at some people and some things. <laughs> we all have, but I'm admitting uh, that, uh, it, it's not, but I failed. I just failed. And what you can do when you fail is realize you failed. That wasn't right. That I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I got the nature of God in me. That's not what he would have done. And that's not what I should have done. But all you can do is repent, get cleansed. And as if you never sinned and just step up and go again. And, but a lot of people don't do that. They just went, I didn't hurt anybody. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to repent to God or anything. And that just wouldn't be right. Uh, We know in Genesis 39, verse 22, let me just read it. Uh, uh, No, excuse me, 1 Samuel 17. Let's go to the 1 Samuel 17. Sorry, I looked at the wrong verse there. 1 Samuel 17. Now this is the, the, of course, this is the story of David and Goliath. And we've been over this a, a bunch of times. But let's look at a couple of things here talking about People that's ready, they were ready with the ready. You know, you can be ready with the wrong thing. You can be ready with the hose that's not hooked up to a fire hydrant and and pull it into the fire, and it's not going to do any good. (laughs) Have you ever drugged that hose? It's like, like, I'm here with the wrong thing or not enough of it, and uh, you got to be ready, just like in ministry, all of us. Someone comes up in Walmart and says, uh, "Are you?" You ask them what's wrong, and they tell you, "You got to have your ready ready. You got to be able to speak to that thing or help them or guide them through that. You got to have your ready ready, even though you didn't know that it was going to be that way. You may have left it at home." Uh, Steve Sampson has a book that says, "Don't speak to, don't talk to me now, Lord. I'm praying. I think it would be along that line, wouldn't it?" Uh, in Genesis thirty-nine, uh, excuse me, 1 Samuel seventeen. Uh, I love this. 17 verse... Uh, we're in verse 26. Yes, yes, yes. And David spake to the man. So he was a, he was a youth. He had come in from, the, from his father's house with some cheese and bread for his brothers. David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who, I love this part, for who is this uncircumcised, meaning no covenant, Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of folks out there that day. There's a lot of Philistines over the hill and there was a whole bunch of Hebrew people on this side of the hill. Nobody was asking this question. Nobody was saying, what is going on here? There was all strategies and rationales, should we this and how about that and what should we do? Nobody had the thing inside that just said, who is that? Same thing that Moses did to Pharaoh. You know, I tell you, he was 40 years on the back side of the desert just so that he knew what to say when he went in in Pharaoh. What did he say? It was like, uh, it was like President Reagan that says, tear this wall down. Moses went in and said, let my people go. Well, you had to have some stuff back then because Pharaoh, if he just flinched with his eyes, if he just twitched, you know, a hundred knives came out and sushi'd you up and you were out. And uh, so you had to know who you were, what you were doing. Well, we are too. There's a real devil, which is the spirit of Pharaoh. or I mean, Pharaoh is the spirit of this. We got to know what to say when he comes at you. Even like uh, Pamela was saying, we got to know what to say. And sometimes you got to go on the back side of the desert for a while. Get to, but, but a lot of people go back there and don't do anything with it. I'm sure that uh, Moses was thinking other things, but uh, the burning bush had something to do with that. Hallelujah. Uh, in the, uh, verse 27, let me go on here. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be to the man that killeth him. And that's in the Scriptures here. Who he gets no taxes and gets the king's daughters and all that. Um, the, uh, the English version, or whatever it is, the TEV, David asked the men who were near him, what will the man get who kills the Philistine and frees Israel from this disgrace? I'm telling you, we have been disgraced in the church by having to, and putting up with the stuff we've put up with, and it's all us, and our government's going through this turmoil, and I'll tell you, it's not the government's fault, it's our fault. We are the church. We're the only one with the with the uh, a weapon or the power or the authority to do anything. And if it's not getting done, it's ours. We have to own it. And when we own it, then we have to say, "But we can fix this." Well, he said, "After all, who is this heathen Philistine?" I love that. One one version said, "Pagan, heathen Philistine to defy the army of the living God." And they told him what would be done for the man who killed Goliath. Let's go on in verse 33. Let's slip down there. We're talking about, is you ready? Ready. And Saul said to David, obviously David said he could do it. Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. Now, what's this, what's this story about? I mean, you're answering the king. The king's saying, I'm in charge of this whole thing. Nothing moves unless I invoke it. And David goes in there and he says, well, let me tell you my story. What's his story? It's a, it's a little nothing story. It's a story that's all over the land. Uh, I, uh, my, I kept my father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear. Well, probably there'd been a lot of lions and bears to a lot of flocks with a lot of shepherds. You reckon this was the only thing that ever happened out there? It happened all the time. And took a lamb out of the flock, but here's the difference. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him. Y'all, we ought to be doing some smoting. <laughs> Are you a smoter, a smiter? A, yeah, is something smitten when you walk by? Uh, the servant, both uh, thy servant, slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Well, here's the story. David was ready for the giant. He was formidable. He was formidable. You read the stories about cubits and how big he was, and how you know. And he was, and, and Saul said he was a he was a, a man of war from his youth. And then he had this stature, six fingers, six toes, yeah, he, he, and uh, and all he could say is, "What do What do I get when I come out of this thing? What What's on the other side of this? It's not going to take long. Y'all go fetch the girl. Y'all get her down here because this is not going to take long. I mean, just arrogant, cocky, just." Just all about it. But that's who we're supposed to be. But you got to get your ready ready. David's ready was ready. How did he get it ready? We talked about it last Sunday. He was an overcomer. He didn't just run off the bear and then tell daddy. Just got one lamb. Hoo-hoo. I was a good shepherd. He said, we're not letting anything slide. And then the bear came or whichever it was, the lion I smote him. I didn't just go, woo hoo hoo, you go, you go, get away from here. I smote him. I grabbed him by the beard and pounded him in the nose, and he died on the spot. Now, this is a powerful, powerful thing, not just in the story. Uh, we tell the story you know, in Sunday schools and all, but the real lesson is, is that David was ready. So, after that, we said Sunday, victory begets victory. Once you win anywhere, you are able to take it and enlarge it to another realm, another dimension, another degree, and you're, a- you're able to take that. There's a, there's a synergy. There's an there's a, uh, imparting that comes when you win, and you're able to take that to another realm. So it's important that we win at the little level. So we go back to Luke 16 and say, uh, B- B- Bill Winston tells this story. He said, uh, I had to rent a car. And I was taking the car back, and you have to fill it up with gas before you take it back. And I opened the door there, and it said, premium fuel only. He said, I look this way, and I look that way. There's, there's no man named Hertz or Enterprise looking around. No one's ever going to know. Cheap gas and expensive gas looks the same, smells the same. But he said, there I was, whether to be, nobody know whether to be true to what was right. I would have put the cheap stuff in. <laughs> I wouldn't? Okay. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> There's a day when I would have put the cheap stuff in. Let me just say that. Okay. But you get the point that when nobody can know, nobody, it's you guarding what's inside so that you are promotable. So the Lord can say, I'm going to pick that one. He'll... He'll not just run off the bear. He will smite him and he will smite the lion. You know, lions and bears are, they're, they're not like crickets and and lizards. They're, you know, they, if you lose the battle, you're, you've lost your life. So there it is. Uh, David was ready for the giant. He overcame the, what seemed to be formidable, what seemed to be what anybody would say impossible, but they were just to get him ready to take on the real battle. And y'all, when we win with a sniffle, when we win with a joint, when we win with our money not being just right, when we win there, it's more than, you know, it's like, I don't want to testify. I just got rid of my sniffle. But God is just. And these things are accounted unto us, the word says, as righteousness. And so you qualify. You qualify. Nobody knows. You don't have to crow about it. Uh, you, if you've got money, you don't have to tell anybody money speaks before you get there. You don't have to tell somebody you're righteous. Well, I don't cheat on my taxes. You don't have to tell anybody. We recognize it. We see righteousness. We see justness. You, you can't hide it. It's like your nose turns green or something. If you, you know, it's like, ah, oh, we know what you've been doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's all over. you. You can tell. I say you can tell when people are born again. Because you just get where you know when somebody, what they open their mouth or, or whatever. So that's there. Uh, so he took the offense that had been, been not just parlayed on him. He took the offense that was on God by taking the offense that was on God's army. In other words, he took up the offense against God. He said, who is this, uncirc- this uncovenant man? He has no right to be here. And that's what we need to say about the sniffles, about aches, about everything. We have to say, you have no right to be here. Who are you? What are you that you would be here? I am here and therefore you can't be here. We, we got to have this ready on us that just says, I am ready every day. We get up. We align ourselves with who we are, and therefore we align ourselves with what we have. I have this. I have this job. I have this increase. And then what we can do. Devils are afraid of me. You just got to put that on every day, and it's, it's so then you're ready for anything. You go, well, I went several days without doing anything. It could be if your are ready's not ready, God didn't send you in there. In other words, he may just send those in there that are ready. If you can't cast out the devil that needs casting out, he's going to send in somebody else, just, just saying it's something to think about occasionally. So uh, So getting ready for big, and don't y'all want to get ready for big? Aren't y'all a older this year than you were last year? Aren't we, aren't we seeing the clock tick and aren't we seeing the times move? And, and uh, we just had kids the other day. Now we got grandkids that are old enough to have kids and stuff like that. You go, this thing's moving. If I want to get a part of it, if I want to have something big come on my life, how do I do it? That's called a midlife crisis for so many or whatever. But what you do is you just start cleaning up the little things. You start just giving yourself to attention to the Lord and His ways. And it's still small voice that says, don't do that. You've always done it, but don't do it anymore. Don't do that anymore. And you go, yes, sir. Or you go, I didn't hear that. Nobody's talking to me. I, you know, whatever. And it's like nobody's preaching this. Nobody's telling you don't do this. We don't talk about sin around here. We don't list, don't do adultery and don't murder and don't steal. I, you got... You, Nobody can tell you that stuff. It's inside of us. We talk about turning ourselves up, strong and of a good courage. That's what we talk about is be sure and turn the switch on, up, to turn on power and authority. So getting ready for big means just getting ready where you are. Say right here. Yeah, just you go, well, how's God going to promote me? It must be this big plan. Nope, it's just your little stuff. It's just... Uh, we had a talk this evening, you know, that there's certain things that uh, since we've been married that I just don't let her do. One and, and some things she just doesn't do. I told her, girls don't pump gas. Now, y'all girls don't take that. It's just my girl don't pump gas. That's what I'll say. But pump all the gas you want. And she said, well, this girl don't take out the trash. <laughs> and I've seen it stacked up with well, a can this high, and I've seen it. Uh, You know, I like had a Mexican standoff or a Filipino stack. I don't mean to talk about that, but it's like that trash was going to be in the streets before she was hauling it. So I I figured it out, and I hauled the trash off. What did that have to do with anything here? Uh, (laughs) Never mind. I don't even want to know. So uh, that's how you're going to be great in the kingdom. Just do right. Do right. Do right, and God... Uh, Where does it say in Hebrews that God is not unrighteous to forget the things that you've done? Something like that. Look it up. It's it's in there. Hebrews somewhere, I think chapter 12. So everything everything is accounted. So be be quick to repent. Don't let things wallow around inside of you and and carry you down and condemn you. Get rid of it. That's who we are, is we are Teflon. We got the blood of Jesus and... Boom, it just slides right off of us. But if you ever let it stick, saying, well, I don't want to have to. He was partly wrong, too. I'll tell you, I was in Belk yesterday, and I saw two men. that were standing at the corner of the purses, because that's where I was. And you, every time I went by, he says, well, one of them said, well, you say we can't talk about the past, but here you are bringing up my past. And I circled back around a little bit, because I was looking for a specific one. And the other one said, that's what you always say. And if I say this, you always say that. And I went, this is a typical knockdown that all of us have had. Y'all hadn't had that? Ah, oh, we've all said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm alone. Okay. I have said that. I have heard that said to me. So um, 1 Peter 1 3, turn there with you. 1 one thirteen. excuse me. 1 Peter 1 Let's get back in the New Testament. We've got to move it here. You know, the rule for Barry and Melissa, if you want to know the rule, is that we always say, if you're going on vacation or anything, you need to be there longer than it took to get there and get home. <laughs> so how long do I have, sister? <laughs> oh, That's not what she said. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 um, yeah, verse 13. Look at this. Look at this. I love this verse. Wherefore, let's read it up together. Let's all read it together. Ready, read. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, let's, let's put it back in first person. Wherefore, gird up the loins of my mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought into you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. We're talking about getting your ready ready. He tells us here, gird up. Now, he's talking about there, about the people in that day that that wore robes or skirts. And if they wanted to run, as as ladies know, we, we don't know much about it, they grab down around the knees and pull it up to their hips so they can run, so you can scoot. And so that's what that means gird up the loins. This is your loins, all this down here. Gird up the loins of your mind so that you can run, so that you can take care of it. Um, The Amplified says, so brace your minds and be sober. Talking about getting our ready ready. Uh, The NIV says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. This is good counsel for all of us. Tweaking it, tweaking it. I mean, if you don't need a bulldozer, then get your shovel out and tweak this thing. Uh, the NASB, New American Standard Bible. Therefore, gird your minds for action, and the weast, which is kind of a, uh, amplified, wherefore, having put out of the way once and for all everything that would impede the free action of your mind, be calm and collected. I'm going to read that one again. Wherefore, having put out of the way, once and for all, we're finished with it, everything that would impede the free action of your mind, be calm and collected. Set your mind for action is what one version says. Be ready. It's just That's all it's saying. Be ready. Get your ready, ready. You'll not have more than you expect. You can't have more than what you can see. Without a vision, the people perish. You gotta see it before you can have it. So that means you gotta get some ready before the actual thing you're ready for comes. This is good word. This is good word. When I was in high school, and maybe you did, maybe you still do, I don't know. I'll just tell you my story. In high school, I didn't have much money. I worked at the ice house and and I didn't get much money, and I spent it all on my girlfriend and, and, uh, and gasoline. But when I did take my 1962 Impala two-door 327 with high-performance heads, when I did take it to the gas pump, I never filled it up. Now, you know, the gas comes out of the top of the tank the same as it does out of the bottom. But I always put in, you all know how much I put in? $5. Of course, that's quite a bit of gas back then. That's not like today. Like, really? <laughs> so, um, and why did I do that? Because I was thinking small. I was thinking, I need to be sure and keep a lot of money on me, another $5, so that, I, so that if I need, I have trouble. But I put in $5, and everybody in my day did that. You never filled it up. That, matter of fact, in the old full-service pumps, they would say, fill it up, it wasn't an automatic. Right. And they said, no, I want $2, I $2, want $4, I want $5. So um, I was stuck in a small system of thinking. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's the same reasons that you were stuck in small thinking. If you weren't raised wealthy, if you didn't have somebody, just bring your little hot rod up full of gas and ready to go then you had a small thinking. If you had a job, if you had responsibilities, you were metering and budgeting and and, uh, parceling out. But it caused us to think beyond the day of necessity. It carried over into our life. Things that we did then out of necessity, now we don't have to, but we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it's not like, well, we don't need to do that anymore. Fill it up. And I just put $5 in. Well, you got $10,000 in your pocket, Dad. Well, you never know when there's a rainy day you'll have or whatever. It's like, that's impossible. No, it's going on every day. So let's think about what we said two weeks ago, again, about believers, all people, but let's say believers, that think in the hundred realm, the hundred dollar realm. They think in measurements of hundreds. They never or rarely, and certainly not without a lot of drama, think in the realm of a thousand. They count their paycheck in hundreds. They uh, go to the store and, or the TV place, and they think we could get a used one this, and we could get, because they're thinking in hundreds. Y'all go back a little bit. You can, you, you'll pick me up here in just a minute. Uh, when they pray, guess what they pray? Lord, send me hundreds. That's all they got faith for because that's all they think about. When they give, guess how they give? We gave in hundreds. And our whole life was somewhere under $1,000 in our whole realm. And we never considered or rarely considered, except to go in debt, anything that was not spelled out, hundreds. We'd write the check, 700, 400, 900. We didn't write those... $10,000, $10,000, those $1,000 checks, we went into debt for them. Now, I'm, I'm not judging anybody or everybody, it's certainly not lumping you in, but at some time in your life, it's likely that this was a part of your thinking, and it limited you. It limited you. say, well, now i got more money. I know lots of people that got more money than they could burn, and they are hundreds of people. They're living on their Social Security check, and they got it stacked up. Because why? Because they're thinking in that realm, and it limits them. Now, is your ready ready? Well, it's going to take more than what you and I can think of from our past to be ready for this future that we're facing, this revival climate, this this outpouring, this... When are you going to do it if you're not... I'm, I'm older than I've ever been, and so are you. When are you going to do it if not now? Well, I'm waiting on money, or I'm waiting on... Uh, no, we're waiting on a change of thinking. That's all you're waiting on. You change your thinking, you change everything. So there's lots of people, and you may have been one, that were limited by that. So there was a hundred dollar stronghold in their life. Now let me read you this, uh, or you can turn there. First Corinthians chapter ten. Just so that we validate this, First Corinthians chapter ten. No, 2 Corinthians. I said that wrong. Excuse me. Second Corinthians, chapter ten. We'll just, let's start in verse uh, verse three. For we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Second Corinthians ten three. Are y'all there? Okay. We walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Uh, one version said, though we're human, we don't fight like humans. For the weapons of our warfare, my warfare, are not carnal or natural. How are they, Paul? They are mighty through God, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, that's demons and devils and stuff. No, it's not. He tells us in verse 5 what strongholds are. Casting down imaginations. Do you believe from what we just read that imagination or a way of thinking... Could be a stronghold. You're you're locked up. You can't get out of the hundred dollars. Oh, we wouldn't spend that much. That's a that's eleven hundred dollars. That's a thousand in hundred dollars. And we just can't think. We just can't get around that. Mod, Let, let's go home. We got to buy a used car, a used TV, a used pocket knife. We gotta we got to put in five dollars a get ga- everything because we can't go over that realm. Now I'm talking about money, but you could it could be any realm, of course. Uh, so there's a hundred dollar stronghold. Everything's measured in hundreds, and all our thinking is done in hundreds. So how do you overcome that? Sometimes you've got to break out. It says here, it goes on, he said, uh, casting down imaginations and every high thing. What high thing? Devils? Demons? Uh, pr- no. High thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. That's in my head. Is it in your head? Where does it get exalted there? And bringing into captivity, what, what, what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what strongholds are. And we all were raised with them. I, I can list you a bunch, but my mother might listen and she'll get her feelings hurt. So we, we just won't say that. And look in verse 6, and having in a readiness. Oh, there's that word ready. Is you ready? Ready. And, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. In other words, you take it personal. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? It's like, we're going to fix something here. Something in this whole scenario is bad wrong, and I have come to fix it. Well, that's who you are. There's a lot of stuff wrong, and we've come to fix it. Why? Because we've broke out of that stronghold. Well, I could never, I could never see, if I said something to a devil, it might come get me in the evening. Ah, Devils are afraid of me. Greater is He that is in me than everything else. You got to know that. You got That's how you get you ready, ready. So we could go. We we did the other day, but we have to overcome the hundred dollar stronghold. You got to overcome it. So you start. Got to start calling for a a, a twelve hundred dollar. Uh, no, excuse me, a one thousand two hundred or let's just say a two thousand dollar a week salary. Oh, I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that. I'm just a worm. A poor. A sinner saved by grace, I couldn't do that. Oh, sure you can, because it's the Word, and the Word is always right, and the Word is always attainable. So we start saying, I'm calling for $2,000 a week. Well, I'm starting to think about my, uh, um, my spending. We start looking at cars, new ones. We start looking at a new TV because we, we got it into the thousand realm. We start praying. Lord, we're praying for this and we're praying for that. Give us new seed to sow, Lord. We want to sow a $1,000. We've never done that before. We've never even thought we would want to. And we start giving in thousands. It's so cool the first time you give your $1,000, your first $1,000. It is just it just breaks stuff off of you if you're in the $100 stronghold. It just throws stuff off. And you go, well, we couldn't afford that. Therein is the problem. As soon as, That is the stronghold. We couldn't afford. Well, poor little thing, you were stuck. And you can't get out. Uh, you're not going to get out. So we have to overcome the $1,000 stronghold. You go, well, I broke out of the $100. i am free. No, you're just free till you see the next place that you're bound, which is the 1000 Did you know there's people? that don't even know what they have and don't know what their car cost, and what their airplane and their jet cost, and don't know how much their house costs? I know that's in the Bible. The Bible says Potiphar didn't know what his stuff was because he had someone taking care of it. There's people that have so much money, they sit around and figure out how to give it. Well, I'm starting to think like that. How about you? It's, it's purposeful. It's not wishful. It's not like, well, yeah, if pigs could fly, that's what I'd do too. It's purposeful. It's like you said, Lord. You said. I I didn't take you to numbers, but numbers, who was ready there? Caleb and Joshua were ready. But there was ten whiners. Y'all remember the ten whiners? And not only did they just... Justice would have been, you guys whined, you have to stay back. But the, the Lord let everybody in the... Tribe, the whole host, they all had to stay back if they were over 21 years old. You go, wow. But that's fair because if they had been, uh, if uh, Daddy and his 10 buddies had said what God said, they would have all gone in. So you kind of live and fall under that system. Well, a lot of people are living and, and dying, living and falling based on what they think. Don't be one of them that's not thinking right. You go, oh, I could never believe for a $2,000 a week. Well, I hope you are. That's not that much money in this day. I hope you got that on your bullseye or maybe in the fifth ring out saying, oh, we'll hit anywhere and that'll be good. Yay. Okay, so, and then after that you go, well, I'm free. I got, I'm got. i in the $10,000 realm. Uh, there's realms after that. I read you what? Malachi said about the tithe the other day. And if that didn't if that didn't set you on fire, we just don't have a match big enough to find out what the Bible says, what commentators say about the pouring out when you tithe. I'm a tither. Are you a tither? I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant man even if I don't tithe, but I enforce it when I tithe. I, God knows already, but then I know, and then the devil knows I know. And so then I go out and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm like, who who would stay in the boat, Peter? Who would stay in the boat when Jesus said, come? Now, it took some ready to be ready for that day. Everybody was thinking about, I don't want to die today. That's what was going on out there. The seas were boisterous, y'all remember? And Peter said, ah, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. His ready was ready, but you know there was 11 guys holding on that didn't get ready, didn't have ready. Ten spies that weren't ready. We got to be ready. You got you to know. Let me read this to you. This is my. I will finish with this. Hebrews 12, 1. Just turn there with me, and I promise you it's my last place to turn to. I'm going to read another translation, but, but uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. King James says, uh, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about, surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, there, then comma, and this is where we're going, let us lay aside every weight. You know what that is? You know what the weight is? It, it, yes, it is certainly sin, but, but you know, it, it, sin's different for people. I'm, I used to do things I can't do now, and it wasn't sin to me back then. But now it is, because to him whom much is given. The sin is something that's lawful, but not profitable. That's a weight. Now, it says, and the sin, so there it covers the sin, things that are missing the mark. But the weight is just something that there's grace, you can do it, you can eat it, you can drive it, you can whatever, but it might not be profitable. The Word talks about all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. That's talking about a weight where we judge ourselves and say, you know, I can do this. There's grace, but I'm not going to do this anymore. And once you come to that, you can't do it anymore. So he says, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us, here it is. Is you ready? Ready. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The amplifier says, strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, And the sin which so readily and deftly and cleverly clings to us and entangles us. I know that sin. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Pretty much tells it, doesn't it? He said, let us run your race, your appointed race. I will never sing in the sense of, oh, please, pastor, sing for us. No, it won't happen. But we'll call Johnny, Johnny Bob up, and we'll call Sister Sue up, and they will, they will make the angels ashamed. So I'm going to run my race as Emily Lou runs hers, and so will you. Uh, the TV says, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way. The passion, you know we had to read the passion. We must let go. Now this is good, of every wound that has pierced us. Wounds. I've had my feelings hurt before, have y'all? And you know, they said I'm sorry, but I didn't really say it's okay. I'm just being honest here, and I'm going back a long ways. I'm older than all of you, so I can go back further. Hallelujah. But he says here, let's lay aside every wound that has pierced us. When we see certain people, we know if we have a wound. And the sin we so easily fall into. Here it is. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. Uh, The Living Bible says, strip off everything that slows you down. And uh, I I like that. I like that. Well, this is a be strong message. Get you ready, ready. Be strong. Don't wait until someone leans on you and says, how strong are you? Be strong going in. Just like, who is, what do you, I like that. Who, what does the man who beats up the Philistine, what does he get? You know what he's thinking. I'm going to the winner's circle. (laughs) He was checking in before. Like, okay, y'all might say something else after I whoop him. So I want it on the front end. I want to know what y'all will do on the front end. It'll be better that if I just go do him and then y'all, you know, pull up a servant girl and say, this is all we can find. Everybody else is pretty. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you for tuning in tonight to River Church in Tuscaloosa. We appreciate you tuning in and be blessed. Be blessed. Get you ready, ready and go out and do something great for God.